Our episodes contain graphic information that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Would you like some murder with your coffee? Welcome to Morning Murders. I'm Nicole. I'm Amanda. And I'm Brenna. We're just three gals that like to sit around, drink coffee, talk about true crime, and throw in espresso shots like this one. Good good Wednesday to you, my beans. Good Wednesday. Today, I would like to know, have any of you psychos heard of a fellow named... Norman Bates? Ooh! Bates. (laughs) Like Kathy Bates? Not like Gates, though. Uh, I mean, you know, 23andMe. We don't know how (laughs) we can find out. That's how we can catch him. Kathy Bates? (laughs) Call us. (laughs) Call us. us <laughs> we have to know. Are you related um, to Norman? But regardless, <laughs> we're going to talk about this guy. His name is uh, uh, Norman F. Bates. Uh, we don't actually know what the F stands for, so Brenna, give me an F name. Fitzjeremy. Great. So Norman Fitzjeremy Bates <laughs> was born October 14th, uh, but the year differs from source to source. Regardless, he's a Libra, so he's gregarious, analytical, and loyal. This could not be more accurate. Grab those mugs because I'm about to tell you why. So growing up, Norman had a very toxic relationship with his helicopter mother, Norma. I mean, the names alone should give you an idea of how close they were. Yeah. He suffered a lot of emotional abuse at her hands. She raised him to believe that sex was a sin and all women were whores. Except for her, of course. Sounds like Carrie. Hmm. I wonder if the mothers met. <laughs> They're actually like Facebook friends and BFFs. Oh They're yeah. in the same weird anti yeah, <laughs> anti-vax group or some shit like that. <laughs> That's it. So she also kept him on such a short leash that he barely knew anything outside their house in the little roadside motel that they ran. But his love for her grew deep. So deep, in fact, that he would get insanely jealous of any man Norma tried to start a relationship with. Mm. When she finally fell in love, Norman couldn't take the rejection. He killed the couple with strychnine and forged a note to make it look like a suicide pact. Well, dang. See? See? It all came back around and bit her in the butt. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. you just gotta do what I do and never talk to your children ever. <laughs> Brenna, you have children? <laughs> I was like, wait a second, hold on. Oh my god, <laughs> she's the Zodiac killer. She's she has Angel children in Canada, probably somewhere. <laughs> she's a shitty mom. Oh my god. <laughs> but they won't kill me. They gotta find me first. Anyway. <laughs> I wonder if they listen to this podcast. Uh-oh. No. <laughs> That's okay. It's Jeremy, Well, no. her name wasn't wasn't Brenna Folger when she oh, had right. them. What about 23andMe? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. That's how they catch everyone, including the Zodiac killer. Uh-oh. Brenna. <laughs> All right. So uh, after he killed them, but, you know, no one really knew or blamed him for it. So Norman actually ended up inheriting the motel in the will and tried to continue on as if things had never happened. And by this, I mean, of course, that he obtained his mother's corpse and preserved it. Mm. Yum. So yeah. did, were, like, 
cops called and stuff to like invest, like check it yeah, out. Yeah, and like, it was strychnine poisoning, and there was a s- obvious suicide pact and a note. Damn, how do you get the body back? What a silly boy! I know. Mm. What a really silly boy! Yeah, Talk he's about a, a silly mummy boy. No. <laughs> so it's believed that all of this trauma caused him to develop dissociative identity disorder, according to the Cleveland Clinic. People with DID have two or more separate identities. These personalities control their behavior at different times. Each identity has its own personal history, traits, likes, and dislikes. DID can lead to gaps in memory and hallucinations. In Norman's case, his mother would come forward as his main personality whenever he found himself having any kind of like sexual urges or sinful thoughts. So his mother would front. Um, guests at the motel often overheard him having full conversations with himself as Norma mm. and himself. Right? So people thought that Norma existed. They thought she was just in a back room because they heard her all the time. Yeah. Hmm. It's totally normal. 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 <laughs> Norm. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's uh, I wrote on here. Wow. No option for a Benefer type nickname because it's like Norma and Norman. Yeah. They, no, Norman. Norman. No. No. Nah. No. 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 Men. Menma. 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 Ma. Ma. Man. 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 On the evening of Saturday, December 12th, 1959, a woman named Marion Crane checked into the Bates Motel. However, she actually signed the guest book as Marie Samuels because she was technically on the run. She had just stolen a large amount of money from her employer and was off to start a new life with her lover, Sam Loomis. Sam, you see, was broke from his previous divorce, and he kept telling Marion that he wasn't financially stable enough to marry her yet. Been there. Give it time, girl. I'm engaged yeah, now, too. Yeah. Oh, so, <clears throat> his name was Sam Loomis? Yes. This is That's funny, but it'll be funny for a later reason. Okay. Tap that. Tap, tap Sam Loomis, apparently. Sam Loomis. Nicole taps Sam Loomis. <laughs> Ew. All right, Ayo. so. <laughs> when her boss gave her a $40,000 bank deposit to drop off, she saw her chance at the life she always wanted. Oh, yeah. When Norman checked her in, he felt an immediate attraction and invited Marion to join him for dinner in his office. During this dinner, Marion makes small talk and asks Norman about his mother. She heard him speaking to her earlier. Uh, After dinner, Marion retires back to her room to get ready for bed. However, unbeknownst to her, Norman was spying on her. This act of voyeurism got Norman so worked up that he went back to his house and dressed up as his mother. Oh. As yeah. I said before, you know, basically his mother's personality would front before Norman could do anything that she would find abhorrent. Mm. So as yeah. Norma, he grabs a kitchen knife, sneaks into Marion's room, and stabs her repeatedly in the shower. Okay. The Great. blood washes down the drain as he slips back into his house on the hill and removes his bloodied clothes. Mm. You know, like you do. Like you do. You know, that's a fear of mine, getting killed in the shower. Where'd it come yeah. from? I was like getting blood on your clothes. Weird. I don't Gee, know. I wonder. <laughs> so seeing the bloody clothes seems to snap him back to reality. And uh, Norman comes to the front. So trying to put the pieces back together, he rushes down to the motel, where he finds Marion's body slumped <gasps> in the bathtub. Ugh. In an attempt to protect his mother, because remember, in his mind, she's still alive and well. Right. Norman puts Marion's body in the trunk of his car and drives it into a lake. He then goes back, cleans up the scene, and burns Norma's bloody clothes. 
A few days later, private detective Milton Abergast arrives at the motel. He's been looking for a missing woman who stole $40,000 from her employer. Uh, Norman nervously admits that Marion had been there, but she left the next day. But I don't know why he even admitted this. I mean, like, she signed under an alias. Right. Oh, so, okay. Like, <laughs> he, he just, like, shot himself in the foot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he's making a lot of very interesting choices. So. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Look at your life. Yeah. Look at your choices. <gasps> Look at your life. But regardless, the detective isn't buying it. And uh, he leaves and he contacts the boyfriend. You know, he gives them an update, telling them that he plans to go back to the motel later and, and speak with Norman's mother. Mm. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So the detective goes back up to the motel. Obviously, doesn't find the mother, and so he's like, "Well, there's a house up there. Uh, she must be in there. I'll just wander on in. Mummy yeah. <laughs> must be there." Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so unable to find her, he wanders up to the house and slips inside. Norman, dressed again as. His mother brandishes a kitchen knife and kills Arbogast. No, that was the guy that was going to figure it out. Yeah, but like in Norman's defense, that dude should have knocked. You're right. You don't just wander. I mean, Uh, even if I wasn't dressed as my mother, I'd kill you if you wandered into my house. Come on, man. Come on. Don't just. That's breaking and entering. Yeah, man. Yeah. (laughs) It's a B and E, baby. And, you know, afraid someone will discover his mother, Norman now moves her to the cellar, the body that is still there, the corpse. How old is this corpse now? Gotta be, gotta be old enough to not be very delicious anymore. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Like I don't know if I have an exact year for you, but it's it's not. Regardless, Uh, oh no, it was ten years prior. Ten years prior that this murder happened. Ten year old corpse. Nice. Mm. He's not old enough to drink yet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So. But he can join Pee Wee Soccer, baby. (laughs) God. Ten-year-old corpse. Ten-year-old corpse. What's the decal for that on the back of the car? (laughs) On the back of the minivan? (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, the the, the Norman and then, like, zombie corpse. Zombie corpse. Zombie corpse. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. A normal-looking stick figure guy and then, like, one that's, like, missing limbs. But there's one that's, like, been scratched. You can clearly tell it's been removed because it was when she was alive. Yeah. So it's been removed and and replaced (laughs) later with the zombie one. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, so Sam and Leela Crane, which is Marion's sister, uh, get confused when they don't hear back from the detective and decide to investigate themselves. Like you do. Yeah, like you do. They first go to the local sheriff and tell them that Arbogast visited the Bates Motel with the intention of speaking to Norman's mother, but they never heard back. That's when they learn from the sheriff that Norma Bates committed suicide ten years ago. Uh, <laughs> a little egg on my face. Oh, wow. <laughs> so putting together the red flags, they decide to go to the motel and pretend to be a married couple just looking for a place for the night. Mm-hmm. They figure out which room Marion was staying in and peek inside. They find a scrap of paper with their handwriting in the bathroom, and the hair on the back of their neck starts to stand up. Something isn't right here. Mm-hmm. This is enough evidence for them to realize that she was absolutely there and they needed to dig deeper. So Sam goes into the office and distracts Norman as Leela sneaks up to the house on the hill. Mm. Sam's not the best bullshitter, though, and Norman starts to get suspicious. Norman overpowers Sam and races to the house, afraid Leela will discover Norma. But Leela didn't find Norma. There was no mother in sight. So when she heard Norman coming, she quickly slipped down to the basement to hide. 
there she discovers the mummified corpse of Norma. Mummy! Suddenly, Norman attacks her while screaming, I am Norma Bates! Cool. Wow. Luckily, (laughs) Sam has regained his wits. He runs up to the house and is able to overpower Norman just in time. Norman now resides in an asylum, and Norma's personality has taken over him entirely. Ah. He, excuse me, she continually swears that Norman is the monster and alludes to him having killed women previously at the motel. Oh, well, she's Norman. But that was Norman, not her. She wouldn't hurt a fly. And that is the, I think, pretty sad and tragic tale of Norman Bates. Freaking Norman. Norman Bates. Norm! (laughs) Norm. But, um, so wait, but before we finish our coffees, uh, we brought up a couple topics during this episode that I asked Brenna to do her best Olympic-level internet deep dive on. (laughs) Uh, One of them being dissociative identity disorder. Yeah. So, Brenna, did you want to give us a little more insight as to, like, what that diagnosis can mean for someone? Yeah, so, um, what happens a lot with dissociative identity disorder is, um, it gets conflated or confused with schizophrenia. People will say, Mm. like, uh, like, that somebody's schizophrenic when they have multiple personalities, and that's not the same thing. Mm. Schizophrenia more presents as, like, hallucinations, whether it's, uh, audio or, um, visual. It's not, like another personality inside of you. It's like things around and laid on top of your reality mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. everyday stuff. There's a thing you can look up. Uh, there's some, the medical school that we do work at does it where you can hear what a schizophrenic might hear and it's just all these voices and different <gasps> things that say to you and like, interesting. Uh, yeah, some programs will have like people listen to it and then they'll try to teach something so you can see how distracting it is and how difficult it is to focus when you're schizophrenic. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so it's just it's just a different type of thing. But mm-hmm. this uh Norman definitely was um having another personality mm-hmm. inhabiting him at the same time. But dissociative identity disorder, you kind of give like a pretty good description of how it uh happens. Um so okay, something that I did find about the dissociative identity disorder is that it can be a comorbid disorder, which means that it can present as more than one thing, like, oh. or it can, it is alongside other disorders. That means there's two, there's multiple disorders at the same time. Oh. So you can oh. have dissociative identity disorder and then also have like post-traumatic stress disorder. Like those are two things oh. that can happen at the same time. So it like, they can compound on top of each other. Whoa, that's Could the be disorder so hard. be like a, what, like your the brain trying to cope and so it creates a whole other identity to cope or is that something that's one of those things like so with the with the causes um that when it comes up there's a there's developmental trauma that Mm. can start that can do um dissociative identity disorder um they've usually it's been presented as a way to cope because a lot of a lot of people with um that have experienced sexual trauma um, or something as a child, they'll sometimes create another personality because it's like that person didn't go through that. Ah, Like yeah. that other person did, you mm-hmm. know? We need to compartmentalize this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's it's Yeah, so it's definitely something like that where like it, it can it can present as a after effect of a really terrible thing that happens because mm. then it's your way of 
like you said, compartmentalizing it and removing yourself from that terrible thing that happened. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it just makes me wonder with Norman, what, like how he was raised, how that traumatized him Mm -hmm. and how her personality was so the main thing in his life anyway, that I don't know if he ever got a time to develop his own. Oh, that's a good point. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it just feels like he never developed his own personality. Very much, it reminds me of a Jedediah Sawyer, like Leatherface. Yeah. Yeah. Like when there's no, when you don't, when you're not given the chance to be your own person ever, it present, it will present some pretty hefty uh, issues and coping mechanisms. Um, We also talked about voyeurism. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So I wanted her to deep dive on that. We really just barely touched on it. Literally, I just mentioned it. Like, the only personal point of reference for that that I have is that Netflix documentary, The Voyeur. Have you seen that? I I think it's called The Voyeur. Uh, It's a true story. This guy owned a hotel, and he specifically built it so he could spy on people. Was he inspired by H.H. Holmes, even though H.H. Holmes did it to murder people? (laughs) (laughs) He didn't murder anybody. Just like to watch him? Just like to watch him. Well, that's something that super gets tapped into our... There's something about humans that we just want to see what what the hell is going on over there. So there's, like, that, which is what reality television is. And, like, you know, we just... I want to see what the hell that is. Or, like, people that vlog their everyday lives or even social media, Instagram. It's, like, we all say out loud we don't care about people's... What people are eating. And yet... People are still taking pictures of their food and like posting it, and mm, we yeah. scroll. You know, like everyone. That's like a universal oh, joke about it. Yeah. But we, but people still do it. You know, and it's there's just this inherent thing inside of us that's like, what the hell's that guy? That guy's not me. What are you doing over there? Like they're uh. like you know. So, but voyeurism, very particularly um, from the Merck manual, which was uh, this manual that's been coming out for so long. I was like, how did I not know about this? Um, it was made in, it's been going on, it's a Merck Manual of Diagnosis and Therapy, and it's the world's best-selling medical textbook and the oldest continuously established English-language medical textbook, first published in 1899. Whoa. So they've been doing these every single year. Huh. Um, the current print edition book, the 20th edition, was published in, uh, or 2018. Mm. So that was like one of the most current one so they'll like just come out with a new one so they have a whole thing on voyeurism in that one uh voyeurism involves becoming sexually aroused by watching an unsuspecting person who is disrobing naked or engaged in sexual activity mm-hmm. voyeuristic disorder involves acting on voyeuristic urges or fantasies or being distressed by or unable to function because of those urges and fantasies hmm. Hmm. interesting so yeah mo- most four years don't have voyeuristic disorder um doctors diagnose voyeuristic disorder when people feel greatly distressed or become less able to function well because of their behavior or they've acted on their urges with a person who has not consented. Mm, right. Yeah. So, yeah, treatment, which usually begins after voyeurs are arrested, <laughs> includes psychotherapy, support groups, and certain antidepressants. Mm. So, um, a lot of it's, like, arousal with, when it comes to voyeurism. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but it also kind of it picks up that little part of our brain that's, like, interested in what people are doing, and then it, like, turns over into, like, feeling arousal because they don't know that you're watching them. Mm. So that's when it gets weird. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's like, 
you know, yeah, people are infinitely curious about each other. It's when it becomes like, it's almost um, obsessive and compulsive, right? Mm -hmm. That's usually when stuff starts flipping over to the other way. When you're like, oh, this is something I don't have control over anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Huh. Yeah. Thanks, Brenna. That's so great. Thank you. Thanks for teaching me. I, whenever I like walk my dog, I don't like looking at people's houses because I'm afraid I'm going to see something that I don't want to see, like someone get murdered. See, <laughs> like, that's oh, funny because I'm I've always loved when people have like their lights on and their windows open, but straight up, it's because I like to see how they're decorated. Yeah. And I, I I swear to God, I don't care if you're in there. Please don't be in there. Yeah, I don't want to be. Yeah, in I'm like, what do they do with their house? You know what? That's a cool bookshelf. I'm going to do something like that. I don't know. I've always just loved seeing how people decorate their houses. Now I have a Pinterest, so I can not yeah. be a weirdo about there it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like Zillow. I love being oh, on Zillow. Zillow. Right. That's, that's what it is, that's right? Where favorite, I'm like, Ooh, yeah. that's a cool house. That's a cool house. How'd they do that? What yeah. would they do inside that house? Yeah. And sometimes you're or, like, whoa, what yeah. is that? Or like, you know, you can, there's, you can see houses that are like similar to yours and see how they like remodeled it and did things. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's so weird. Why wouldn't I do that in my house? Like, you know. <laughs> there right? was a house I just looked at and the carpet was all maroon. And I went, yeah, they murdered people. <laughs> Absolutely. Pull that sucker up. You'll find a Ouija board right on underneath and then the floorboards. That's cool as hell. Um, there was something that you brought up and I'm trying to remember. It was Oh, you'd brought up his astrological sign. Oh, yeah. Libra. He's a oh, Libra. Libra. And it was so funny. I just thought that was funny. I was like, yeah, that was a good little detail. Good little Libra. <laughs> oh, thanks. That's funny. Libra. Uh, is that your final sip? Listen, uh, <laughs> my final sip is, if you are one of my many children, don't come find me. <laughs> and if you do find me, you know what? Totally Norma Bates made. It'd be hilarious. I'll be dead. It doesn't matter. <laughs> totally Norma Bates. <laughs> hey. I'll be dead. Once you're dead, it doesn't matter anymore. Okay. You know? Uh-huh. Nicole? True. What is my, like, oh no, what is my final sip? Um, my final sip is, um, <laughs> I don't even know, uh, when you're gonna rob your employer and you go and stay mm, okay. I like where this is going. Hotel, um, it's good to use a fake name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tips and tricks. Tips and you tricks. Follow Nicole uh, for tips and tricks. <laughs> You want a fake name. Rob for your employer. Go on um, the lamb. Go on the lamb. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, don't let your guard down. Never let your guard down when you're on the lamb. <laughs> this is actually very good advice. Uh, my final sip is I think that, like, Norman and Jason are great examples of how helicopter parenting doesn't oh, work. Oh, that's true. Shielding your children from all the bad isn't really doing them any justice. They aren't cats. Mm. They need to know there is an outside world mm. outside of their house. Aww. So let your children learn and grow and make mistakes and just be the most solid badass support system that you can when they fall. Yeah, Hell that's like yeah. a great final sip. That's a really good final sip. Oh, thanks, sip. guys. That's good. Um, I have another one. Uh, okay. Um, if you're gonna build a hotel, <laughs> don't use it to be mean. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if there's a hotel and there's no rooms, turn around. Turn around. That's what I think about with Airbnbs. I'm always like, I wonder if they have cameras. That I don't know about. Mm -hmm, yeah, because mm -hmm. they are they are allowed to have cameras and tell you about them in like living rooms and things to make sure you're not having parties. Like that's perfectly legal. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But there's definitely been ones where they like yep. they they're always in like 
I, I like the Airbnb Reddit, r slash Airbnb. It's always people that have them, and they'll talk about, like, crazy shit that happened in their ho- that their house. They're, like, thankful that they had a camera for. Like, uh, it's usually just pointed at the front door or something like that, you yeah, know? Sure. Like, they're always so grateful that they're like, oh, good, because these people broke our TV and then said they didn't, oh, and right. we could see them do well, it. And then there's yeah. fun stuff. Like, I know someone who has an Airbnb, and they have a camera, and is on the thing that says there's a camera in the living room, and, it, like, again, strictly just so we know, like, how many people are there. Mm. And they had someone like see it, but not care. Like take a take a table, move it in front of the camera, and proceed to do lines of cocaine. Yeah, in front of the cool. camera. Like I don't know if they knew it was there. Yeah. I mean, you do you, but like just don't fuck up the house. Yeah, I don't know. It was just <laughs> live your best life. That's so insane. send us your Airbnb horror Ooh. stories. Please. Oh yeah, got a weird Airbnb or like if there was some dude that was like, oh no, it's like a room, but he's like creepily also still living in the house yeah. but it says he won't be like stuff like that yeah send us your, send airbnb. Us your airbnb travel stories horror stories horror stories yeah baby yeah yeah um this was a lot of fun on it this ex- espresso shot mm. of morning that was a watermelon <laughs> and uh Hershey's chocolate syrup. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Have a murder you like to talk about over coffee? We would love to hear about it. Email us at morningmurders at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Morning Murders. In today's show notes, you can find our cited research as well as a few of our favorite mental health resources. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> no. But when I got our copy at Royal, they had our picture, or our sticker was, like, right on the front of the tip thing That's jar, like, cool. right outside the window. So she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm actually going to record that podcast right there. And she's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, it's like a true crime comedy podcast. She's like, oh, my God, I love true crime. I'm going to listen to you. I'm like, I really hope you do. That would be awesome. She goes, you, um, by any chance, is that, uh, one with a mug on it I was like yeah and she goes oh that one's recommended on all of my podcasts all the time it pops up all the time yeah so if you're already listening to us like the more people listen to us the more it's being recommended for people that already listen to other things which is pretty dope just automatically I put our stickers all over the that one bar in Reno oh speaking of which I have a present for you I have a present for you Present time, present time. Hey, everybody, it's present time. Don't look at it yet, or it's because it's present time. Here <laughs> you go, Nikki. Ah, oh, my God, it's so cute. Yeah, that's from the, that was the bar that I went to that was so dope that had all the board games and they did all the tabletop games. So cool, right? It was this so cool. so cool. Yeah, oh I could God. not bring you guys one. You're very welcome. Oh I love you. I love it. I want to put it on my chat. Santa, no. Santa, no. Santa, no, no. Santa's a mean man in Breath Santa. of the Wild. Who's Santa? Um, the guy that's on all the Coca-Cola bottles. Oh, got yeah. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. I thought yeah. he was a polar bear. Uh, the, you know, sometimes he is. Suit? Actually, the lore is that uh, when it's <laughs> not <laughs> Christmas time. <laughs> Santa's a polar bear? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. See? I couldn't okay. even get that out with a straight face. Thank you for teaching uh, a little Jewish girl about Christmas. You're, you're yeah. welcome. Are you all are you all set, Amanda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Amanda! 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 Oh, Amanda. Oh, Amanda. Oh, Amanda. Oh,
Amanda. Brenda. 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 That musical. Mm. Does it exist? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't think so. Oh, it I'm does now. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, that and the other one. Okay. <clears throat> all right. The base. Sorry. Yeah, I, I just had a moment of like stoner panic. Where you were like, wait a minute. <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna just cut all that. Stoner <laughs> panic. No, I did it right. With satanic panic. Dissociative. Dissociative. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, people with dissociative. People with dissociative. Did I say that right? Yeah. Dissociative identity. Okay. This is me Correct. every episode. Fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Saying words wrong. Okay. According to the Cleveland Killet. <laughs> no, I can't say that. <laughs> I'm like, I am I giving you enough? Like, okay. Time this time. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> when. Guys, I need a. No, no, you're no, fine. You're fine. And it's it's L O O M I S, right? Mm-hmm. Loomis. Oh my God. That's so funny. Anyway, it's going to hear. Okay. <clears throat> I can't wait. I think it's funny. You guys are going to be like, what? <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> it's an anagram for Sloomin. Okay. <laughs> What's the name of that movie where the guy has a bunch of different personalities? It's a M. Night. Is it M. Night Shyamalan? Shyamalan the Ding Dong. <sighs> Anyways. Signs? Not signs. <laughs> the personalities are aliens, right? <laughs> oh my god. You mean Irene? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We said she heard him speaking to him, or she, sorry. And <laughs> admitting that she quickly slipped down to the bed. She slipped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking, you got Taking this. Taking it back. Yeah, you, you got, got it. it. You got it. You got hilarious. I, why did I write myself so many tongue twisters? <laughs> we should have, I need more of a warm up apparently. Okay. <laughs> Varying sources. Split. That's the movie I was thinking of. <laughs> if you have to go on the land. Didn't, uh, I know this is outside of the of the final sip thing. Um, didn't what's her face uh, never shower again like that? Didn't she always bat take baths after that experience? I would not. Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. That's maybe. Is, I feel like that's one of those like fat. One of those. She's like, dead, fun. Brenna. Oh. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> 